0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner. I'm Bobby Bancroft. I'm here with Ben Standing from The Athletic. And we are taping this Friday night on the heels of Georgetown's loss to number one Duke in the final of the 2K Classic or 2K Empire Classic. Um, The Hoys were up early, up double digits early. Foul troubles did not help. Eventually falling do I, to Duke.
1: What? Do I, need to say, do I need to say something so people know that I'm actually here? Or how does that work?
0: I was just trying to spit out all the details and then just let you talk for 20 minutes. Is that not what you want to do? Oh, read? my bad. Okay, keep going. Um, no, nah, I think I pretty much summed it up. Um, <laughs> ben, your uh, initial thoughts on the Hoyas? Just tonight's game, then we'll work back to the whole event.
1: Um, I mean, look. Obviously, like we can we can uh, pinpoint or we nitpick or you know get into some things on on Georgetown. Obviously, they were playing the number one team in the country. They were playing six against five, it felt like at times tonight because the refs, like Duke, you know, uh, all that good stuff. I, and Duke—that's actually and Duke, a really good point. I
0: hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that angle.
1: <laughs> and Duke is, uh, and Duke is, uh, you know, good. Duke. So, like, to the end of at the end of the day, regardless of how things unfolded, I tell you this score is tied at halftime and Georgetown is down four with less than a minute to go. If I told you that before game time, you'd be like, dude, son, you know, that sounds like a really good game for Georgetown. Now, obviously, we know in between they blew a 12-point lead in the first half. <clears throat> they had a rally. To get down to four wasn't like there was, like, a tight game per se. They got a 10-hour run late, which is fine. But, you know, so it's not exactly the same thing. So you know, I'm okay with the, in in a general sense, despite the loss. I think they showed some good things. We'll get into the whole thing, um, but obviously, there's some other things we'll we'll get into. But look, you know, they had some they had some couple really nice performances, and then they had inconsistent performances, and they just don't have enough to have too many guys have like sort of semi-off or, or truly off nights.
0: Absolutely, um, and going with that point. Just off the top, um, I know I mentioned it to you earlier. I tweeted it and all that stuff. Um, It's going to be tough for them. Obviously, the fouls, that was, you know, the main story of the game for a lot of people. And for me on Twitter for a while, you can go back and look at my feed. It was definitely something that I was uh, struggling to deal with. But I think, you know, when you have a junior in Jamarco Pickett and a senior in Jagan Mosley, two guys that you're going to be counting on, two guys that are in your starting lineup, for them to combine to take four shots two points, nine turnovers. You know, if they were freshmen, okay, it was a big stage. You know, they're a junior and senior, and they're obviously both very capable players. And I think it's going to be tough for Georgetown, even with the fouls, even when you're seven sitting with two and McClung sitting with two. You know, those are the kind of guys that need to step up and fill that void. And I thought that for today they were kind of just passengers.
1: So pick it in, in Mosley of the passengers. That's what we're, that's what we're saying?
0: That's what I'm saying, tonight at least.
1: All right, so um, so we talked about this a little bit before we started here, I, and and, it, and it's a fair point, but I, I guess I would probably look at it more like this. Like, a guy like Mosley, he's like a classic, he's had like a classic college career, you know, came in and was, you know, interesting, what he what can he do? And it's been a, a sort of very slow rise. Sometimes you're just like, you know, it looks pretty good. Other times you're like, I don't know. But now he's reached senior status. Seems like he's got some more confidence out there. A few more, I don't want to say flashy plays like he's Magic Johnson, but, like, a few more interesting plays. But the, but he's the fifth guy. He's the glue guy. Like, I'm not expecting a ton from him offensively, but he just fills in the blanks on kind of whatever they need. The issue is the other two dudes for me are McClung and Pickett. That, like, Akinjo and 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 Yurtavon, they've been consistently pretty good all all season, you know, for the most part offensively at least when your York Haven can stay in the game. I mean, ridiculous second half he had. But Georgetown needs – you know, you got to have, like, three guys every game, whoever they are, being pr- productive offensively. And right now, Georgetown, like, the, against Texas, they had more than three guys. And against uh, Duke, you know, kind of like they only had two. The, the, uh, McClung pick it and then, you know, pick somebody else if you want off the bench. Like, they need some guys like that that, that score – with regularity, they can't be all off at the same time because that you know, you're you're Taven and Akinjo aren't you know uh
0: you know LeBron and Wade. I couldn't think of a better pair.
1: We're gonna go to the pair
0: at the moment. I uh, love that you went so- with LeBron. If anyone follows your Twitter feed, the fact that you went with LeBron <laughs> is pretty cool. That's actually making my night better.
1: I mean, if you're in that I went with Wade, wouldn't you lie you tell LeBron and Anthony Davis? Because that would actually make sense for right now. They are probably the best duo in the league. But, yeah, somehow I went with Blaine Wade. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for McClung tonight particularly, and this will get back into the whole foul thing. And actually, before I get into that, I want to issue an apology to Maryland supporters. Over the years, I've been particularly dismissive when they were in the ACC and they always were telling me they were getting job by Duke and the officials and I was just not really listening. And Georgetown's played Duke enough times. It's not like they never play them. There was the game in Cameron where it seemed like Greg Monroe got a technical on the bench when someone in the crowd said something and the whole season ended up spiraling out of control. Um, But that first half was pretty ridiculous from my point of view, from some of the charges and the loose ball foul on McClung. But my point that I'm finally getting to is that McClung is a pretty streaky shooter. And you kind of know early on, like, are you going to have good McClung or bad McClung? And he hit a couple threes. I think one time he hit a three, and it looked like he was jawing with someone on the bench or someone in the crowd, whatever, but he was fired up. That's the kind of McClung that usually hits, like, four or five threes. Well, he hit two threes. He never scored after he got in two fouls. So, yes, he's a sophomore. Yes, he needs to, you know, recover from some, you know, your – you're always going to get put in bad spots here and there. and How do you recover? And he was unable to recover. So I'm giving him a little bit of a pass on that because it seemed like he just got thrown off of his game with the fouls. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm I, just going to chalk it up to that. But, yeah, you do need three of those guys. And when you're only getting two, it's, it's just not going to work.
1: Yeah, especially for this team. I mean, like, the, you know, the bench had some good moments. Today, Wahab in particular, at at some points, and you know, Alexander, where Lucy was uh, more of a factor that he probably was in the Texas game, but um, but yeah, I mean, they just don't have enough, you know, I mean, enough guys. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the, you, you have to have you have to have consistent guys, and so I, I just think it's tough when, when you know they need McClung or Pickett basically to really turn into that third guy, game in game out, or at least they have to get lucky that. They alternate the games, you know, <laughs> so, so at least one of them is on in every game. If they can do that, then I, I think, you know, I mean, if you want to broaden this out to the overall weekend, like I'm more optimistic about the situation than I was going in from the standpoint of like now we've seen a, a, a high, like they hadn't really had anything close to this performance or the, you know, these the last 24 hours, but prior, um, you know, the Texas second half was obviously Pretty impressive defensively. When you haven't seen that. You'll probably say in years, and you may not be wrong. <laughs> um, but like they, they, they showed, okay, they can get up for the bigger opponents. They can get up for the bigger games. That version of Georgetown gets you to the tournament. But you gotta you gotta stay with it consistently, and that's the part where it's a little un- unnerving. And that's why I can't be like you know, oh my God, it's all good. Don't worry about it. But you know, I kept them in the tournament after the the, the slow start. I say slow start by style, not wins and losses um so i feel better about it now than i did then but you know you gotta eat they gotta be consistent we'll see if they can do that
0: yeah i think i think yesterday and full disclosure i know everyone wants to know about my personal life i actually left at halftime to go play soccer it was our last game of the year and i was able to navigate without knowing what happened so i went i played soccer did you score a goal I did. I scored the third goal in a 3-1 win which so it's not the game winner but it was the one that put the game to bed if you will. Did you uh did you uh <laughs> did you yell dagger after you scored it? No, because I had skied a couple shots and it was more of like a relief goal. It was like, "Oh my god, how have I not scored yet?" Um so it was that kind of thing. But anyway, my point is When I left, and, you know, this is documented on my Twitter feed, when I left, I was just like, and actually we talked at halftime. When I left, I was just like, oh, you know, same old Georgetown, this is why I don't think they can make the tournament. They just can't defend. You know, that was, I mean, you remember, I was on the phone with you. Like, I literally said, like, they just can't defend. This is year five. They can't defend. And it's like they heard what I was saying, and they had one of the best performances they've had in years. And I'm, you're right, I'm not wrong. So the best part about this, obviously getting a win over a Big 12 team, getting a win over a ranked Big 12 team, getting a win over a ranked Big 12 team with Shaka Smart as the head coach is a pretty big deal for Georgetown, I think. But it wasn't so much that they won a game like, you know, 95 to 91. Like they went out there and just locked down a team, which that to me is going to bring me to my Michael Scott comparison in that when we talked after the Penn State game, I had it was, what's that, like three games in, right? Yep. Yeah. So after three games, I was already ready. Not 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 ready. I was already completely giving up on my preseason prediction of making the NCAA tournament because I didn't think that they could defend. And I'd just seen years and years of it, even though the players are different. Um, it just seemed like they couldn't defend. And what they showed against Texas, I think, for me, puts their ceiling back at probably being like, a seven, eight, nine, ten seed type team, and uh, so that was the takeaway from the weekend, and that is why, Ben standing, that is why you play games like this, because if you hadn't played these games, you have no idea you lose to Penn State and then you beat you know Alabama, A and M, and you know North Carolina Central, and you don't really know what you have. So this was a great two days for Georgetown.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, you know, I mean. Again, you know, you got to win the game, but it's only, you know, what are they, what, what are they uh, five, six games into the season? You know, if Georgetown progresses and, you know, ha, you know, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, look, I mean, your Taven is in a uh, scoring machine. He's so damn efficient with going both ways on some of those baby hooks. We've got to stay out of foul trouble and, you know, and, and defensively, he, you know, gets caught, uh, you know, Reaching a little bit much and things like that, but I mean, offensively, he's a machine. Akinjo continues to be, you know, a pretty a- aggressive and, and strong-minded uh, point guard. You know, the picket thing in the beginning of the year, I said, and I think you probably said the same that he's like the the X factor because of was right. in the Texas game. He got that done. Obviously, we see, yeah, obviously we see McClung have some significant scoring games. You know, we we get the limitations with him. And uh, you know, and then some of the other pieces, you know, LeBlanc is, you know, at t- some point I imagine he starts, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, doing kind of some of the stuff we imagine, and like, you know, everybody just has to improve, I and mean, that's just how it's gonna have to go. But like, at least I see like a path to again, don't don't, don't quote me, I'm not saying they're gonna be top half of the Big East or whatever. I'm just saying that like, you can at least I, tonight the last two days I saw a path. Uh, I saw that okay, this wasn't just like they're like I, as somebody who covers the Wizards last season. They started off really bad, and everybody just kept waiting for it to turn around. And, you know, for a lot of people took a long time before they realized it was never coming. At least with Georgetown, I think we can say we saw something. We saw a turn. Now they just have to, you know, stay with it. They got a tough schedule ahead. This is not the last couple years. This is, like you said, why you play these games. But they got some tough games ahead. But I I, I feel,
0: um, you know,
1: I I feel better about the situation than I did a couple days ago.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I can't disagree with that. Is this the most
1: optimistic podcast we've ever had about Georgetown (laughs) at any level, let alone after a loss?
0: Yeah, and I'm definitely not a big moral victory guy, but, you know, this could be reminiscent. I know we talked, um, you know, I guess it was seven years ago, I think 2012, when they went up and had a similar tournament up at the Barclays Center, um, where – They beat a ranked UCLA team with uh, Shabazz Muhammad, and then they took Indiana into overtime. Indiana was number one at the time, and you know it was like, "Wow, Georgetown's for real." Um, Could be a similar situation. I think. I think the hardest part for, I think for Georgetown fans is you know where where was this team the other night, or you know where has that defense been, and you know can can they sustain it and you know that's sort of why they're sort of picked in like the middle because you don't you don't really know right and for all the positives that came out of this i think the one negative and i might have jinxed it i don't know if it was a podcast with you or if it was with andrew is saying that i this is what i said i can't imagine your 7 not getting a double double unless there's foul trouble involved and before they went to New York, there was no evidence that he would be a foul trouble type guy. Well, now they've played these two games and picked up a good win, picked up what you'd consider a good loss. But your saving didn't really play a whole lot in the first half. Um, were you a little bit surprised that Coach Ewing, having an NBA background, is, has, has, has a very strict rule of two fouls and you don't go back in before the half?
1: Well, I mean like I'm not smart enough to be like a guy who goes to what what's that the Sloan uh, conference that uh Daryl Morey has where they talk about very you know, very advanced daddy kind of stuff. But like I would just assume this. If you're gonna limit your savings, I get it, He can pick up two fouls, but right back to back games he basically play like five or six minutes in the first half because of that, right? In both yeah. games. So yeah. you're you're limiting the, the amount of time that your best player can play to twenty five minutes. Like, that just doesn't seem logical. Now, look, obviously, if he picks up the third foul uh, in the first half, you know, that would that, that, be like, what, you're not going to start him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to happen anyway. But if you eliminate the minutes off the bat, you can't catch up. But you can if he picks up a third foul, you know, one minute into the second half or at the end of the first. Like, you know what I mean? You can play it from there. But yeah. like you're automatic. you know, so, and then what, what happened today? Yuritavon doesn't score in the first half. What did he finish with? 20 what? 21. 21. He had 21 in the second half against the number <laughs> one team in the country. Like, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he would add 40, but like, this is why you have to play those minutes. So I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit extreme. Now, look, you do have to trust your player. You know, some guys, you know, you may be like, well, I I can't trust that guy. But like, I have to, you know, a guy like Yuritavon, who's experience even beyond his years in college like he that seems like a guy I would give a reasonable chance to. And Look, and also you're playing Duke. Like if you were playing um you know a, a more you know even just a generic big a big east team, maybe you roll that dice. But if you're playing Duke, you need, you need to maximize every minute you possibly get.
0: Yeah. I would say the one positive that came out of his foul trouble this week is that and this is going to be, you know, we can we can give our 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 most surprising player of the season so far. I think that Wahab has shown to be more than an adequate backup. Um, Really impressed with the freshman from Flint Hill. He played well against Texas. He played well against Duke. He's not just out there filling minutes and you're trying to survive with him out there. He can legitimately do stuff. Um, And as a big man, he's a good free throw shooter. So I think that, he scored nine points in the win against texas he had 11 points coming into that game i think for me it's like wow you know because there wasn't a whole lot of hype even though he was a four star and you know for years flynn hill was you know when you went like they were one of the original you know um schools that you know one, one of those original prep uh private schools and uh he's come Same very he, yeah he is he for me it's like wow this is a legitimate he's he's not just a guy like i said he's not just eating minutes oh mir's in foul trouble we got we gotta go to Wahhab he's effective
1: yeah yeah no i thought he uh I, I thought he acquitted himself well for sure um made some good some some good plays and um you know i mean that's one of the yeah i mean it, it's it's part of the reason why I feel a little bit uh is a little bit better about Georgetown um going than going into this because um, you know, particularly I think it was in the Texas game when 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 Yurtavon picked up his fourth foul. I think I noted the score and the time so that I could, in three or four minutes, tweet Texas went on a ten-two run after this happened, but it never did. And I, I mean, not, not that he was the sole reason, um, Wahab, but like you know, he he you know whenever he was in there, it didn't feel that they were all of a sudden getting uh, you know crushed uh, because uh, you know the, 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 their best interior guy. um, wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't in there. Let me, let, let me ask you this. I think I know your answer. I'll just say it like, look, <laughs> okay. the last few years with the, after the last two years of the schedule, it's obviously just fun that these are the games they're playing. Maybe that's part of my optimism. Like, you know, just to see George Chen against Duke was freaking fun.
0: Well, like, we don't, it was fun. It was fun all day. And then that first half sucked a lot of fun well, out of it.
1: Me. I mean, yes, the referees make it, but I'm just saying like, like you know, when Georgetown goes up twelve, if they go up twelve against Georgia State, it feels much different when you're up twelve against Duke. And like yeah. you know, it, it and regardless of what happened, like like there was excitement, even if there was the frustration. At least you felt something, even if it was some pain. Like you know, it's just it's different to, than what's been some of the other years. So they've got more games to go the, the next couple of weeks. Syracuse, obviously the the headliner, but some other interesting games. So obviously this is this is why this is part of why you play the tougher schedule so people have something to watch. The other thing, though, is um, the, they're played in MSG. Now, I know that every year they play St. John's. But you've got to, if you're Patrick Ewing, keep going back to MSG. There's obviously tournaments there every year. Just go every year for re- multiple reasons. One, typically there'll be some exciting uh, matchups. Two, your fans can get there. And three, you're Patrick freaking Ewing and you own MSG. Like, they, I can't. If you want to recruit that area, like, you should be able to, you know, do a really good job. You know, it's one – like, what you heard the comment during the game about how he said, the announcer said that you and said that he's gone to a bunch of homes.
0: Yeah. And the, and that's become like the we, new, you know, like, like every year announcers have like a certain, like, story that they bring right, up. That's right. like the new one. That's like, that's like the story that everyone's getting. but you know how that's going to be different when that kid of those parents is in that
1: building hearing the reaction because it's one thing to look at it it's one thing to hear better or read but to see a reaction to this guy but it's only going to work there it's not going to work necessarily in other parts of the country but msg every year beyond st
0: john's they need to go well at one point i don't know and this will lead into uh a revelation i've had tonight i tweeted out um Georgetown's top three arenas for non-conference games, and I put Madison Square Garden number one, McDonough number two, and Capital One Arena number three. I mean, from being, I don't think you were at the last Georgetown game, um, you were on Redskins duty, but it was a Sunday night game at Capital One Arena, and it felt like there was 12 people there. And they survived Georgia State. You know, Georgia State's not bad. Georgia State gave Duke a game down in uh, Durham, but it just, you know, over the last couple of years, it just, it's, it's you know, it's gotten worse and worse and worse, and it's chicken or the egg, right? Like, I guess if they start winning, people will start going back. But, you know, I feel like Capital One Arena is costing Georgetown a couple games a year just because there's no energy in the building. And I feel like you're ripe for upsets in a place like that because the other team comes in, and it's just there's no juice there. And that's none of the players' I, fault, right?
1: Was that the last time I was on the podcast? and I Was it the Penn State game? Yeah, I think I said that like part of the issue I've had with Georgetown is like for a home team in general, the whole point is you're at home and the crowd's behind you, but if there's no crowd, I think it's a little demoralizing. And if you're the road team, it doesn't matter what's happening. You have to go in knowing you're the enemy and then you get a little more pumped up. And I think there's like a very base level. I think that that does happen. Um
0: Yeah, so I think there's, I mean, obviously we don't know the ins and the outs of the actual contract with Capital One and all those things. But, man, you know, I think I, I've, I've heard in the past that they have to play there, in, you know, unless it's not available. Like they can't just say we're going to play six games at McDonough and we're going to play these three games here. It's like an all or nothing type deal. I don't know if that's true. I guess I could ask somebody. But um it would seem like in an ideal way. And Duke's obviously doing it. They played Kansas State up there at Madison Square Garden. Um, in an ideal world, you probably play like two or three games at McDonough. I guess probably two games is like your max at MSG. But then that gets you to like four or five games, and then you don't have to just have you know like like eight or nine just complete. I don't know, lifeless. You know, get together at Capital One Arena. And I, right. I think I, it, I think, think it I, hurts the team. I just came up with a ridiculous question. Are you ready? Perfect. This is this is the this
1: is the podcast for those. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So you you pick which of these two scenarios would you prefer for the schedule? I tell you either a, Georgetown Maryland will play every other year with each team hosting it every other year, right? So one year College Park, one year Capital One. I get it. Or or you get Duke every year except never. No game is ever at home. It's always either an MSG. Or some or, or somewhere, somewhere. right. I mean, oh, no. Never...
0: I, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, K is on, obviously, can't coach forever. And I said this during the game, and I know that you're you're a Zlatan fan who played for Manchester United for at least one season. But, I, you know, I don't know how big into soccer you you are. I'm sure you're going to tell me that you know more than me. But um, uh, when Alex Ferguson finally retired from Manchester United, And there was always, like, these jokes, like, they get, you know, Fergie time. There's all these, like, extra penalties and extra time added to the end. And they're always winning in a ridiculous fashion. And since he retired, based on what they used to be, like, they kind of suck. Okay? And I say this as an Arsenal guy, so Arsenal hasn't been exactly, like, ripping it up. But it's true. And I feel like – so if you tell me they're going to Durham but Coach K is not there, at some point this whole Duke thing is going to wear off. Like, the next coach that comes in there, like, if it's, like, Nate James – Or I don't know Wojowski, like they're not going to get this kind of treatment. So I might take you up on that offer. I don't think the Georgetown Maryland series is that interesting. And when Georgetown hosted Maryland a couple years ago, you know, it sort of reminded me of like you know when Louisville came to town in the Big East back in the old Big East. It wasn't you know oh my god this is a you know can't miss ticket. It wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it would be. So I think I would probably do the Duke deal interesting i'm not um, sure that i mean like so tonight on my second tv in my basement i had george mason in maryland on there was no one at that so if anyone wants to use that as like exhibit a like all the local teams should play like <laughs> that that didn't work out that well there's like no one there and george mason you know five and oh they're in the a10 you know they went to the final four 12 years ago or whatever I think- I
1: think ultimately I would go to the Georgetown Maryland game only because at least one you get a home game, so that helps the overall home schedule. And two, you uh, the the road game is obviously workable as well. And while Duke playing Duke in any given year is obviously going to be more fun than almost playing anybody, like right. I think the Maryland the Maryland thing would hurt more to lose. Like losing Duke, you're like, all right, I mean, you know, most the years they're going to be the number one team. It'd be like, oh, we we got close, whatever. But like, you don't want to lose to Maryland. Like that, no matter what's going on, that one you you know that can't happen. So I like I like those stakes. So I'd go that way.
0: I believe it. Um. So, so yeah. So I said, Wahab was my most surprise, my most pleasantly surprising guy. Do you have, do you have a player, or do you have like a thing that happened? It could be the fact that they actually played defense pretty well against Texas. Like, do you have like a well, through six I'll, I'll games? Yeah, I'll just go with something that's sort of obvious not
1: you're saving. I mean, like I would heard last year that he was, you know, giving Jesse Govan work in, in practices and, you know, he he's obviously already had a, you know, something of a professional background and he was out, what was he, third team all ACC at NC State. So obviously sounds like you're working with something pretty good, but, you know, until you, I, I it was like the way I'm with recruiting typically, until I see it, I don't believe it now. He's out, you know, this is not the exact same thing, but okay. Now we see it happening and it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's a different type of thing than Jesse Govan. We talked the other day that, that Govan and, um, Malinowski, you know, they're, they're they're maybe missing a three point shooter, but whatever, but, but he is very impressive inside and he's got really, he's got adult moves. I mean, his, his, his repertoire is pretty impressive. And I think that's going to bode well for them down
0: the stretch. Um, you know, do you want to? Do you want After six games, speculate if he will play next season for Georgetown. Uh, I I do I I do not yet, but I wouldn't bet on staying. Yeah, but that's kind of that's kind of my sense too. He's 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 really good. Yeah, and plus, like with the international guys, I mean, it's just you know them going over
1: overseas is not overseas. It's you know, so I mean, maybe it was, I mean. I'm not just counting the NBA. I'm just saying in a worst case scenario, um, you know, he could do that. So, um, but yeah, whatever. I'm just saying like, he's, he, he, he's been pretty impressive. And, and, you know, and, you know, like I would have said like of the guys who were the the three guys who made the all rookie team last year, the only akinjo I thought had a realistic chance of who or I would bet on being, you know, like an all big East type of guy this year, but now that right. I have two with with, with,
0: with your tape. And so, you know, I, I think that bodes pretty well. And um, you know, uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, assuming he can stay on the court longer, it's hard to imagine someone beating him out for the best big man in the Big East, right? Without knowing exactly who's on every team, which is something that I think both of us would have to admit to.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely haven't seen enough of the Big East to have any real
0: sense. But, yeah, I'm just
1: saying, like, Amikovon Vaughn was, you know, one of those guys last year in your and, you know, you know, I'm not going to discount Jesse Gavon. He's at least at a, at a base level giving Georgetown, you know, a, a comparable player. But but his, like, level of, of efficiency inside is, is pretty impressive. And that's the other thing. Like, the fact that you're going to have to send doubles on him. I mean, it, you know, with good ball movement, good, smart, you know, play, like, they should have guys getting open looks. And, you know, that's where we talked about before. You know, can the pickets and the McClungs and, you know, whoever else, can they hit shots, make plays, you know, whatever. to you know, and, and this will be a good opportunity because you're gonna have to send the
0: people to, to your table if it keeps going like this. So just because this is gonna be like an ongoing gag for the whole season, you've stayed with them making the tournament, right? Whereas I had them in the tournament and then I left them out. I'm basically doing like a mock bracket every other day. I think kind of I've, I've become like a Hoyas bracketologist, where I had them in and then I had my like second four out, and now I have them back in. So you're just, like, staying steady, right?
1: I'm staying steady. Obviously, the Penn State game was a pretty – and that's partly why I'm feeling a little bit better because that Penn State situation was pretty brutal. Um, But, um, you you know, like I said, I I wanted to see what they would look like playing against stepped-up competition. And obviously, you know, Texas and Duke represent that. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'm staying in it. But, yeah, they're going to, you know. Making the tournament's one thing, doing anything in it is another. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go that far yet. But, yeah, I'm staying with it so far.
0: Um, Just because this is one of the things that you're really, really good at, do you have any more interesting scenarios that you want to offer up? I just want to sort of yield the floor to interesting standing prop bets. Oh, boy. Um um, it's okay if I uh, put you on the spot here. I totally apologize. It's just that usually you come up with something really – I think the first time I noticed this, um, and now this is probably going to get dark for um, longtime horror fans, is I think you could tell that I was pretty pretty shaken after the Florida Gulf Coast <laughs> debacle. So on the drive back, I think we were getting near your, your, your alma mater of UMBC. You sort of just started coming up with different like what ifs and like what would you rather like, you know tr- – all like Georgetown related. So I was like, wow, he's actually pretty good at this. Wow. That, that is a, that is a callback. I'll, I'll take it. I have no idea what I was, uh, what I was throwing out there, but. Uh, well, if you the, remember that night, I was like, I'm just going to catch a bus home. I'm just, I'm just out of here. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, were, like, you,
1: were, you were, you were distraught. I mean, there's no, uh, there's
0: no, there's no doubt about it. Um, well, you you also have to remember I was, I was at all of them. I was at Ohio now see i actually i'm just i'm just gonna go ahead and stop like we had a pretty positive podcast i'm taking it to a dark place yes uh <laughs> but anyway is, you're very is. good at like what ifs and over just random over unders and scenarios there you know the scenarios all right. are well, usually... I, got, I got
1: i i got one for you do you have, do you have a schedule handy i do all right R- read off the next what what are the, what are the next five six games against good, okay. good one
0: Okay, so they come home against UNC Greensboro. I believe that's the Spartans, and they're supposed to be pretty they, good. They won 28 games last year. I don't know how many guys
1: they have back yet, but they won 28 last year.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, they're supposed to be, by all counts, pretty good. And then they go on a southwestern road trip, something that would have been part of the Big East had it stayed together. Um, well, not Oklahoma State, but just that, just that part of the country. They're going at Oklahoma State, at SMU, and then they got Syracuse at home, umbc at home samford and au that's how they round out the non-conference all right so so going for the next few games unc greensboro smu oklahoma, oklahoma state, state. yeah that's the order all right ha, what's no record? actually the order is oklahoma state then smu but yes okay
1: so those the next four games i mean obviously i'm not imagining you've scattered those teams of them maybe you've seen syracuse play or something
0: yeah I've so syracuse. you know
1: all, so all that said uh, so two part question: What do you think Georgetown does in those games? And now that you've seen what they've done to date, what do they have to do in those games? Because the other the the remaining non conference games, you can't lose any of those, obviously, from an RPI or you know uh, you know from a ratings perspective. So let's assume they win all those, or because if they lose those, that's that's a problem. So how many? What do you think their record will
0: be? Or how much do they need? What what do they need to do? I think they really need to go three and one. I think you can lose one of those games. Two of them are, you know, on the road. And one of them is Syracuse and UNC Greensboro. The biggest game I think is going to be not to, they have a week. They have a, well, they have actually, they have eight days to think about, you know, losing to Duke. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of the guys rightfully so feel like they were hard done by that result. Um, So I think it's important to beat UNC Greensboro. I think it's important to get a split on that trip. And I think in year three, Patrick Ewing needs to get a W over Syracuse. So I really think they need to go three and one. I would not be surprised if they go two and two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I – I I I kind of think they need to go three and one, and not even just for the reasons that you said, but just like, you know – it's one thing. I mean, look, there's a long way to go. I mean, even even if you get through all these games, you still have the entire Big East
0: season, obviously. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna flip if Georgetown's in the tournament, like at least like nine more times. <laughs> right. But I guess
1: I'm like, if we, it's one thing to sort of make the tournament, which obviously, considering they haven't been there for a while, would be amazing. No, no matter what, people would be thrilled. I get that. But in terms of making the tournament and doing something in it, again. An incredibly long way to go, but like these are the types of games. Like if you want to see some signs, you can't just, you know, win one, lose one. You got to string some stuff together. So, you know, I, I think that if they, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I'd be lying if I, even though I asked you, I'd be lying if I said I knew the answer to the question of what are they going to go. I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll, I'll say they go two and two, but I think they probably yeah. need to go three and one to really start feeling good about it. Now, of course, if the, if, if they beat Syracuse and beat Greensboro and lose the two on the road, again, maybe I'm not sure how good SMU is, but lose the two on the road, I don't think people will freak out. But like, you know, and beating Syracuse will be will be good.
0: But you basically well, got to win the two. Given, given like the order that the games are coming in, so in that scenario, they beat Greensboro, they lose two straight and then they got Syracuse showing up after a week off from the SMU game, I think at that point, that Syracuse game would be must win. And, you know, the whole, the whole um, Georgetown fan base would just be holding their breath at that point. I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you play a tougher
1: schedule and, you know, there's definitely some downside in terms of, you got to win some of the games, you got opportunities, but you got to win, but yes, I'm with you. But uh yeah, I mean, I'll look, to, I, I, but this is what I'm saying before. The At least is it's, it's interesting. Whatever happens is at least interesting, and, and that's something we could not have said about the schedule the last two years. So at least for that, we we can say thank you for that, Patrick. Ian.
0: Absolutely. Well, hopefully everyone listening to this through iTunes and Spotify and Google Play found this episode of Kente Corner interesting. Hopefully everyone has subscribed to The Athletic and they find Ben Standing at Ben Standing on Twitter, interesting. Um, I know that the game was very interesting until the refs took it over, but uh, those things do happen sometimes in uh, college athletics. Ben, do you have a parting shot? Because we got to get out of here. The time is going to get us.
1: Uh, I I don't, other than to say I hope uh, hope everybody uh, has a fun weekend. Uh, You know, start start doing some homework. UNC Greensboro is here soon enough.
0: No slacking. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Big week, big week.